0: even podcasts, whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
2: The highlight of my week, the highlight of my week was being able to tell Twin Cities metro area entrepreneurs that they had received a $10,000 grant from the comcast rise investment from comcast msp uh made a one million dollar investment into small businesses here in the twin cities 100 bipoc and women-owned businesses were awarded ten thousand dollars each these grants were for whatever they wanted to use them for you didn't have to be a comcast customer um and it was just amazing to tell these business owners and hear their response and see their reaction and listen to the tears over the phone and see them in person. I actually went out to Maple Grove to the hijab shack and talked to Batul uh the owner there, and walked through the door, honey, and said, hey, it's Shaletta. You want some money? I felt like Santa Claus or Bob Barker or somebody, and, and it was just amazing. And I heard her story about, you know, how she's going to use the money for marketing and to buy more equipment and more supplies. And, you know, COVID hit hard for small business owners. I know that myself with ShalettaMakesMeLab.com, I started that business two months before COVID started. And then COVID hit and all the investments um, that were promised dried up. And then I didn't get the PPP money. And that's the same story that I heard with a lot of other companies, a lot of other small businesses who stepped out on faith and and how they were impacted by COVID and how they almost lost everything, including their homes. And so when I was able to talk to um, Amy Wagner, the owner of Mad Clean and Champlin, about how that $10,000 Comcast Rise investment grant is going to help her, I had to invite her on the show. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Hi,
3: thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Girl, now you are doing your thing. You have made it through COVID. Your business is still up and going strong. Uh, um, You're trying to get to that next level of greatness. You get the news that you have a $10,000 grant. Tell me your first reaction.
3: Oh, I, yeah, I thought, I, I wasn't even sure it was real at first. I had to pinch myself, like, is this real? Is this real? And yeah, yes, it was. It was, it was so exciting. I am just thrilled.
2: Now, um, I know that COVID impacted a lot of business owners, but you especially, because you have a cleaning company.
3: I was a cleaning company. I was actually going into people's homes and things like that. And, you know, when COVID hit, I was kind of at a standstill. Everyone was scared and, uh, you know, and it took, a, it took a while and then, you know, we had to do all take this, you know, the proper procedures and try to be safe and try to just take care of it and make it all happen. And, um, yeah, I pushed through and my business kept growing and, um, yeah, it,
2: it was a challenge. But, but- But I was going to say it was a challenge um, and it had to be scary. Was there ever a time where you thought, "Okay, COVID is about to shut me down. I'm just Mm going to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel. Were there moments like that for you?
3: There, there was, because i was a single mom, and um, you know, all these yeah. bills don't stop even though this pandemic hit. You know, we got to, I wasn't sure. I'm like, am I going to be able to keep doing this? Do I have to go, you know, explore something else? Maybe I need to go back to working for somebody. And, you know, I mm-hmm. I had taken this leap to start my own business, you know, a couple of years before COVID, and so um, I was really banking on this working and to keep growing and to have it, have it come to a complete standstill so was really scary.
2: How did you find the faith and the strength? to keep going um i know for me mm-hmm. um yeah i my my people worked for me for almost a year without being paid because mm-hmm. those investments didn't come through um the, mm-hmm. the the you know the the companies that said that we were going to advertise now or you know pulling back and, and the purse strings got tight and the only way we could continue podcasting was if everybody agreed to do it um for the love of it
3: yeah yeah, um I mean I I just kept on pushing on cuz you know I got you know I've got a couple of kids and um I, they are really my strength and I um I just I can't like you know mom's going to struggle but mom you're never going to see mom quit that's that's my yeah. that's my deal like, I'm never going to quit I'm just going to keep on keeping on and uh yeah
2: I am so I, and, and you know the this is the thing and I love to do things like this in front of my daughter I love I've got her listening to you right now on the show um, because as a woman, as a a woman in business, our kids are looking at us and, and they're trying to see yep. how is mommy gonna make it? How is yep. this is gonna work out? And then you get this Comcast Rise Investment Grant, you get this ten thousand dollars. When you yep. told uh your baby about Mama's yep. got this money and this is what we gonna do, but I know that was a celebration at your house, girl. Oh my gosh, they were like, you know, the, the teenagers they have their, they always got their headphones on. They, they actually. Right. Right,
3: right, I right, right, right. like what? See, are you kidding me <laughs> mommy? You know what I got? <laughs> and I got all the love and all the
2: hug
4: and
3: it was uh, it was super fun and exciting for us to find out yeah <laughs>
2: Now, everybody's doing something a little bit different uh, with the Mm grant. I I was talking uh, earlier in the show uh, that Batool Waliji at the Hijab Shack, um, she Mm -hmm. is going to be using it for marketing because she wants to make people make sure that people know that she's there. She wants Mm -hmm. to make sure that she has, you know, the supplies and, you know, the fabrics and all those things uh, so that she could go out and and sell her products and services um, because Mm -hmm. she's doing it in mass quantities. Um, so tell me how you're going to use that money.
3: So I'm going to use that money. So I, I'm, I am going to take uh, a little bit of it and do, uh, some investing and some networking so I could try to do yes. some, uh, grow my business, um, and exp- expand into maybe some more of the commercial aspects of the, of the yes. cleaning business. I, I like to clean more offices, more businesses and things like that. Um, and then also I'm going to take, i put a good chunk down on a new car. I have, I have a car, um, but uh, it's it was just a 2012, so it'd be really nice to have something you know a little more reliable, and I can yes. make sure I can get to where I need to go, and my business can keep moving.
2: And the thing that I love about this Comcast Rise Investment Fund grant is yeah. that you can use it for whatever you want um you Whatever know really, uh, uh, yeah yes um you know batool is using it for marketing you're going to upgrade transportation and then do some networking to try and get into mm-hmm. um some new arenas so that you can continue mm-hmm. to grow your business and i just appreciate yeah. the freedom of that you know i've applied for grants before um not this one cuz i didn't qualify for it i think you have to be in business like what 3 years and i've only been in business for 2 Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's some grants that I had to apply for and it was so specific and, and, you know, I just felt kind of pigeonholed and, and, you know, once I got the money, there was some other things that I could have used it for, but, um, you know, just kind of had to abide by the rules and regulations of the grant, which, you know, that Mm -hmm. is fine. But, you know, just to be able to have that freedom as a business owner to identify what your needs are and then use the money for whatever it is that you need. Talk to me about that freedom.
3: That's freedom. That freedom—that—that's actually—it's—it's it's pretty amazing. It, it is because it, I—I could use it for all, any of these things that I need. You know, like marketing, and I maybe wanted to get some kind of marketing on my new vehicle. Like I'd like to use it for that. I maybe like to use mm-hmm. it to help hire some—you know—help hire some help once I get some of these additional clients. And um, the, the freedom—it's just—it is—it's amazing. And I do i, I do appreciate that they—that we are free to use it however we we feel the need and how we see fit and um it's it's going to help me so much
2: well i can't thank you enough congratulations again to amy wagner she is the owner of mad clean and champlin one of the winners of the comcast uh, uh comcast rise investment fund grant got $10,000 um to help grow and sustain and make her business successful i appreciate you being on the show thank you so much for having me Okay girl and best of luck God bless you in all your endeavors when you get that new imaging for your car and you're a mobile billboard and you're riding down the street in that new car with that new imaging on the side of it from the money mm-hmm. you got from that Comcast Rise Investment Fund girl you better send me a picture and tag me on social media cuz I cannot wait I to will. see it you I know, know you I will. will girl <laughs> all right you have a great day and you all stick around don't go anywhere amy was joining us on the john shoes to caldwell banker hotline right here on the chaletta show it's your southern girl here Shaletta brandage on the chaletta show on news talk a30 C C O radio your good neighbor station this show is sponsored by auto brimmer trust because those folks trust me to know what is going on in the community and bring you the latest. And, you know, I don't always like to talk about the bad stuff. You know, we we always run to the shootings and the stabbings and the carjackings and the the robberies. We have those statistics right away. We get those news releases right to you. Um, And, you know, I remember after George Floyd died, um, you know, there was a news release that the police put out. I was in the newsroom um, when it happened at work and it said, uh, you know, the person in custody died of natural causes. Uh, They have more information. So every news outlet in town was running a story about how um, a suspect had died of natural causes in police custody. And then I got a call from uh, Darnella Frazier's auntie, her mama's sister. Who said y'all need to get down here. Because something's going on. Why did she call me? Why didn't she call. CCO TV or Carol Levin. Or any of those other outlets in town. Why didn't she call the Star Tribune? Why did she call me? Because she trusted me. Because when there was a backpack giveaway. When there was um, Thanksgiving baskets. Being donated to families. When there was the back in the day block party. I was there. Making sure that those events were covered, making sure that people knew about it, not just coming for the tragedies, but coming for the celebrations as well. And and so I I just I I like to pride myself on making sure that you all know about the good things that are happening in the community, the things that, you know, sadly, even our newsroom won't cover or, or doesn't get to cover because of staffing. Sometimes because of conflict of schedules, sometimes. But still, those are things that we need to know about. Those are things that we need to shine a spotlight on because it's not all just doom and gloom and death and destruction. And I remember Mark Fry and I were having a conversation in the newsroom um, one Saturday and we were just sitting around talking. And he said, you know, I don't understand why the people um, over south near George Floyd Square are angry. You know, I'm just coming there to to do the story and and to do my job and and to to let the community know, to let our listeners know, the people who subscribe to our um, shows and who go to our website. I I just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get the story and do my job. And I said, Mark, you have to understand something. Um, These people have been reaching out to not just CCO radio, but to every news outlet in town. When they have good things happening in their neighborhoods, when they're having block parties, when they're having you know things for kids and the bouncy houses, when they're having community events, when they're having celebrations, when you know new businesses come on the street and nobody's going, and we've told them over and over again we we don't have no staffing, no, we don't have uh, uh, the manpower to get there. S- send us some pictures, we might be able to run it, and then nothing. As if these amazing things aren't happening. But after George Floyd died, we calling in extra staff from Chicago and Milwaukee and you know uh, uh, Iowa and and you know we're taking shifts and working twelve hours and we got the manpower in. And so excuse the community for being just a little bit perturbed that when they have something good happen, we ain't got time for them. But as soon as someone dies and that story gets national attention, all of a sudden, we got the manpower. And so I, I want to make sure that I'm one of those people who, who balances that out and who lets you know about the good stuff happening in our neighborhood. We call ourselves the good neighbor station. Might as well give you some good news. And and one of those things is happening today at one o'clock on the corner of Broadway and Lindale, there is a grand opening and a dedication ceremony. Uh, Sanctuary Church, where Reverend Edrin Williams is the pastor, um, and their sister organization, Love Minneapolis, have turned the front parking lot of Merwin's Liquors into an urban art garden featuring art from local North Side artists. Isn't that amazing? Now, the the event is going on right now because it, it started at noon and it goes on until three o'clock. But the dedication ceremony is at one in just in just a little over 30 minutes. And already this summer, you know, we've seen uh, violence and the number of police calls go down substantially from where we were this time last year in that particular parking lot specifically. And, and you know, this is the thing you say, well, it's just it's just art. You know, they're they're doing a grand opening and art and the dedication. I mean, how is that going to change anything? This is just one small tangible step to change the spirit of the block at Broadway and Lindale. And, And it's also an example of what it looks like for the community to be at the center of finding creative people centered solutions to the challenges that they face, that we face, that all of us face. Here in the Twin Cities. You know, you you do what you know. And you know what you see. And you know, that particular parking lot, that particular area, that block, has seen death and destruction. But today they're seeing life. They're seeing artwork. They're seeing beauty. That's going to change the perspective. That's going to change the way the children not just see their community, but change the way they see themselves. Beautiful artwork at a block that was once known for shootings and crimes, robberies and muggins. Now today a dedication. On a beautiful Saturday afternoon, with Reverend Edwin Williams in Sanctuary Church, and the Sister Organization partnering with that business, you know, and, and that's the thing, it's a partnership. We all have to work together to get it done. You know, people come to me all the time, and say, "Shalita, you're you're doing so much in the community. I just love the work that you're doing, girl. I ain't no int. I'm not doing this by myself." I don't have refrigerated trucks full of turkeys and hams. That's high V stuff. But if I call them, they're there. And then I call the church and they allow us to set up in the parking lot. And then we can let the community know so they can come and get something to eat. All of us have a role to play. Some folks to partner with. You know, if if you want to say, well, how can I help? How can we get the crime down in North Minneapolis? I'm so tired of seeing the stories about the gun and the violence. Well, guess what? You can go over to Sanctuary Church and ask Reverend Williams how you can help him out. How you can make a donation. How you can volunteer. You can connect with their sister organization, Love Minneapolis. Because if they can turn the parking lot and Merwin's Liquors on Broadway and Lindale and to a sanctuary for North side artists where they can come and display their work and make the community beautiful and have a dedication ceremony on a Saturday afternoon. You can do something too. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
2: have been talking about it since monday it is black business week a week for people to make themselves aware and celebrate black entrepreneurs in their community and not just thoughts and prayers because in order for black businesses like mine like shalletta makes laugh.com to continue to uh, provide resources to the community, to continue to provide jobs, internships for young people. I have a young intern who is working with me. Ms. Hannah is on it. She is doing it. She is learning. And, and when she graduates from college, she can say, I had a summer internship with a podcasting platform. I know how to edit. I know how to organize. I know how to do community events. I have experience writing. And I can be a reference. And she can go and get a job. In order to do that and continue to do that, we have to find creative ways to make sure that people in our community, people in our city, folks throughout the state of Minnesota know that black businesses are here. And that you support us with your dollars, uh, with your foot traffic. Uh, In my case, I've got a media platform with your subscriptions and your downloads, which are free. Of the podcast that I make available on Shaletta makes me because it's not just enough for black business owners in the black community to help one another. That's great, but it's going to take all of us to come together to make sure that we are successful and thriving and providing a legacy for the next generation of African-American business owners. And, you know, I just am so grateful for my partnership with Anissa Keys of Aruba Emotional Health. Um, she is joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. And I have to say, I'm very jealous uh, because you have been on Minnesota Public Radio, KSTP. Carol Levin WCCO TV <laughs> and I'm, I mean I'm like pulling up the rear I'm like take a number um, wait in line you may or may not be next because what you are doing in Minneapolis creating an incubator for black owned businesses by buying uh, and transforming this uh, historic bank has got everybody in town talking now for those who have missed the other 17 stories that have already
4: been done about you
2: tell me what you are doing with this old bank in minneapolis
4: yes so thank you so much for having me uh mishaleta so yeah we're excited that um we've sort of reimagined the space in minneapolis um, especially for north minneapolis small business owners we're taking 15 small black business owners and creating a black ecosystem Uh, A space for black uh, business owners to have a little bit of competition, to also have some collective energy, to also have the ability to exchange the dollar several times, the black dollar um, several times, and then the opportunity for um, people from inside the community and outside the community to patronize um, these services and products that are typically not found in our area, things like plant-based restaurants and um, natural hair salon and um, a mental health clinic and a law practice. Like this. Just, we're really, really grateful for this opportunity and excited to bring this um, to the community that so much deserves it.
2: Okay, now where is this building? Um, it's yes. an old bank in Minneapolis. Um, where is it located? And how did it just? It, it seemed like it fell in your lap. It was like I woke up one day and everybody was doing a story about Nissa Keys
4: buying a building. Right, yeah. So it didn't exactly follow my left. The building has actually been around for a long time and has been like really um, a, a major sort of pillar in North Minneapolis. It has not been identified and used lately though as like an asset to the community. Um, it's right on 42nd and Bryant, so really, um, really right across the bridge from Northeast, right next to the Mississippi 94. Um, it is a three story building. It's a 20,000 square foot structure um, with a with nice amount of parking and the and the back of it, so which is really kind of not very common in North Minneapolis to have that much business parking. Um, but it's right really close to sort of the edge of Northeast Minneapolis, pretty close to heading into Brooklyn Center, um, sort of in the heart, though, still of Minneapolis right on Lendale Avenue.
2: And so how did it come to be? I mean, you mm-hmm. know, did somebody say, oh, this building is sitting over here? And you say, you know, I think I'm just going to buy it and, and help some people with it
4: yeah no, so you know my my small business practice i 've been expanding and we 've been expanding, and I had purchased a space in North Minneapolis several years ago well about three or four years ago um, that just wasn 't big enough for the expansion and the need for mental health support in our community. Um, and so this building had been sitting on the market for two and a half years. I'm still shocked. Almost like, thank the Lord, had it, you know, kind of waiting for me. Um, several people had looked at it. Even after I purchased it, people said, you know, I had thought about it, and I've, I walked through there. Um, but it was, it was sort of a perfect opportunity for me to be able to see the gym um, that it was and be able to have sort of the capital um, stack to be able to pull the money together to make it happen really in an effort to expand my company, but then also like this backdrop of like what else can be done with this space and the other you know, 18,000 square foot that my company is not going to be in. And so perfect opportunity to sort of bring sort of more economic vitality through the community, especially through black entrepreneurship, especially through black ownership. Um, In the space will not only be 15 businesses, um, black-owned businesses. There also will be um, a professional black membership-only space for black professionals in the community and the surrounding area that will also serve as an event center space. Um, a co-working space, sort of a gathering, a communal space. Um, So, yeah, so just like it was the perfect fit, perfect time, um, and I was able to seize the opportunity because I um, had the capital stack to be able to make it happen.
2: And you also you do so much in the community. You've got this building and you've got your um, mental health practice that is growing beyond leaps and bounds. You are the host of um, your own podcast, Becoming the Bank, where you help people look at uh, wealth building. Um, for generations, not just for themselves, but for the children and the children's children. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I look at what you're doing with this building. You could have just taken this building, Anissa, and decided, you know, this is going to be my practice and I'm going to, you know, trick it out and it's just going to be for me. But you went into this project um, looking at ways to help other business owners who would not be able to have brick and mortar businesses, um, you you made sure that that happened for them, the restaurant and the lawyer and the the, the, the natural hair salon and, and then your business and, and, you know, looking for even more business owners who say, you know, we want to partner with you. We want to house our uh, facility in that particular building. We want to be where the action is. How do you go into it with a mindset that it, it, this is just not for me? I'm going to use this as an opportunity to bless somebody else.
4: Yeah. I, you know, I think being a business owner now for 10 years, right, like I know one of the major challenges I've had is being a black female-owned um, um, owner. And so I knew the challenges that not only um, business owners are met with, right, in and, and being able to uh, adjust your schedule and being able to uh, be ready for the unexpected or the unpredictable, um, that business ownership is already challenging but being a black business owner um, with the amount of disparity the lack of support uh, the discrimination that you're met with the you know all of the challenges on top of being a business owner being a person of color and especially an African American business owner it just has its own set of complexities and so I knew that there needed to be some real equity um, there needed to be real opportunity for people to really be able to have the ability and the accessibility to be able to expand and scale their businesses. Um, and what happens is typically for business ownership, you kind of get stuck between that two- and thir- third-year kind of phase where you just mm-hmm. cannot grow outside of where you've been, maybe because you yeah. don't have, you know, an uncle that has made, you know, good money and you're able to borrow, you know, $100,000 from him to scale or to be able to build in um, some an opportunity to have a brick and mortar. And so that's where business owners get stuck, and then you oftentimes see them not make that five-year mark. And so this was my opportunity to really, like, you know, intersect at that point and really create opportunity and use my power, my leverage, understanding the challenge, challenges that are met for black business owners um, to be able to take that power and, you know, my building and my space and leverage it to allow other people to have opportunities that I know um, they would be challenged by um, if they did not have. So, um, so yeah, I, I, it, there's a need to be met, right, and so if I have the ability and the power and the and the, uh, control. And you do, right? With ownership, that's one of the benefits, right? Yeah. I get to dictate who's going to be in the space. I get to dictate what's going to happen on that corner. I get to to dictate sort of like what kind of, um, you know, products and services are going to be in there. So we do going to have to bring more liquor stores into a community that does not need them more, more check cashing places, right? I can say no more fast food, at least not in this space, that we're going to create a different space that is that is actually supportive um, and uplifting to the Black community, not just the community, but also the Black business owners. So I felt compelled. I know that challenges that Uh we're met with and you know we both know all too well as black business owners especially female so um yeah so i just it's exciting there's an opportunity i couldn't pass
2: okay well speaking of opportunities i'm i know you're busy i know you got a lot going on and we got a show to do but i'm going to ask you to stick around because i just got a text message from somebody who says is she looking for investors are you Mm -hmm. uh if there are folks out there who say, I want to be a part of the solution because I'm tired of seeing the problem. Um, I want to invest in the woman who is investing in small businesses in North Minneapolis. How can you partner with Anissa Keys? She is going to tell us about that next. It is 1251. You are listening to the Shaletta Show on News Talk A 830 WCCO Radio, your good neighbor station. We are continuing our conversation with Anissa Keys. Uh, she has been on CCO TV, Care eleven Channel 4, NPR News. Everyone is buzzing about the old bank in Minneapolis that she has bought and is building up as an incubator for black owned businesses. But it's it's taken a lot for Anissa to transform this uh, dilapidated building into an economic hub for the community. In addition to um, building it up on the inside and and making it, um, you know, a a safe and good space. um, You know, there's been some issue. I saw the Star Tribune did a story on you as well. Anissa where you've had to clean up uh, because this was once a dumping ground and, and you're trying to make this the crown jewel of North Minneapolis. Um, now, I've gotten a couple of text messages from people who say, I want to be a part of the solution and get rid of the problem there's jobs that need to be had. Um, this is a space that will provide that, um, you know, it, it will, you know, it give folks hope and and decrease a lot of the things that we don't want to see in the community. I know for a fact that this is not um, an easy thing to do. It is a big financial undertaking Folks want to know, are you looking for investors, uh, whether they be angel investors or otherwise, to sow seeds into this project so that you can bring it to fruition because you've got construction, you got cleanup, you got uh you know buildings and codes and so many other things that you have got to do. Um, and it's gonna take more than just you to get it done.
4: Yes, yes, Ms. Shaletta. Um, so that we, we sort of call, coined and renamed the building the Northside Epicenter. Um, and, yes, since we have taken over the space, um, we have had many challenges. So trash has just been one. We've had homeless people creating fire pits sort of in our ballroom spaces. We, we just recently have somebody sort of throw a brick through um, one of the glass windows. So we've we've had a lot of challenges, and so those are unexpected costs. Um, that has really, you know, has, has, has challenged the budget, um, to say the least. And so we're looking for a lot of different types of investors. So some financially, so we, you know, of course we are always um, taking in grants um, we're always taking that as a support. We're going to create a wall and sort of have an acknowledgement wall for those, all of those who sort of sow seeds and sort of believed in the vision, the vision of the Northside Epicenter. Um, there's also more of our capital stack that we are still trying to build, especially for our community space. Um, so we're always looking for investors. Um, that would be reaching out to me directly. Um, you can either reach out to me through our website, which is www.northsideepicenter, all spelled out, .com, or, you know, me directly through my phone, which is four four seven five five seven three I can also give that information to you Ms. Shaletta. we're also looking for a little bit of unorthodox support too right so um, you know if there are professionals um, construction professionals that are willing to sort of donate some of their time and their skill set whether it's painting or um, or it's uh, you know plumbing or HVAC whatever you have like we we are we are totally willing to accept that as well um, we've had a lot of systems that have went out on us that we didn't expect and um, so a lot of costs that again and have been continued to drive up sort of our budget that were unexpected and unpredictable. Um, and then lastly, if there are people that are looking for community service, um, and we, we are still continually to get dumped on probably about once a week, um, and every, every load it costs us. And so um, we're looking for people that maybe are looking either for community service projects, um, either churches or small groups. Um, we would love that too for cleanup around the space um, and in the space as well. So we are kind of open. We got our hands out, and we are. Uh, there have already been people that have sort of said, um, "Yeah, we want to. We want to support. And what do you need? Um, but we still need a lot more support and help. So thank you for even mentioning this."
2: Give me that website again, because I want to make sure I have that and that people hear that because they can just go on their phone. They can get it. They can look at it. They can hit the contact button, um, you know, and, and this is the thing. Okay, so you got some money. So the money. Um, You got right. a group of young kids who are looking for a summer project to do. Have them get out there and help clean up that trash. You know, I don't want to hear anything from anybody else who says, well, Shaletta, how can I help? I'm telling you how you can help. Shaletta, yes. I want to make a difference. I'm telling you how you can make a difference. Don't come over here to me in six months asking how you can help when I'm telling you how you can do that right now. So give me that website again, Anissa, before you go.
4: Yes, it's dot northsideepicenter.com, all spelled out. Um, And then even my direct phone number, 763-447-5573.
2: Well, I thank you so much for being on the Shaletta Show. I would say best of luck, but I don't believe in luck. I'm going to say you are blessed, and I just appreciate the work that you are doing. And I pray that our listeners, whether it is money or manpower, partner with you to see this vision come together. We've been talking to Anissa Keys on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. And y'all don't go anywhere because we've got more of the Shaletta Show coming up, my Favorite legal expert, Jules Porter, is going to be joining us to talk about the sentencing of the police officers who were there with Derek Chauvin when he killed George Floyd. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.